0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at DB Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Get those questions ready for tomorrow's episode of Locked On or of, uh, of Peacock and Williamson <laughs> here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will hit some of your mailbag questions. I think it's right about that time for uh, this week, wouldn't you say, Matt? And maybe take a peek at that playoff picture that got a little bit more interesting on Monday night as we look at uh, the rest of these Week 14 games now that that week is done.
1: Yeah, it was a good game. Um, Arizona came back and made this thing really interesting. Huge win for the Rams without question. Um, Some of my immediate takeaways are Stafford looks healthier now and threw the football extremely well. And I know Robert Woods is out of the equation, but that current three-receiver set of Jefferson, of course, Cup, and Odell, is really formidable. But they're also – going back to their identity and running the football a lot, you know, and bringing in a sixth offensive lineman for the second week in a row. And, you know, being more physical. I often accuse them of being too finesse throughout the year. Um, Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball was outstanding. And, you know, we have to mention the Rams had to deal with late COVID inactives. You know, that's really hard when it just gets sprung on you pretty much right before the yeah. game and they still got the win on the road. But that brings me to something. I mean, the numbers that they showed last night, and maybe it's fluky. I mean, football's always a small sample, but the Cardinals struggles at home, in particular all their turnovers at home compared to on the road, is really odd. You know, there's a lot of interceptions on at home, but not on the road. And is there something about that stadium that Kyler doesn't like for some reason? Is it not lit to his, you know, the <laughs> way he liked? I mean, I don't know. I can't explain it.
0: Yeah, sometimes there's different vibes in different places. Uh, I don't know if if if, it, if that's really a thing. If it's just a small sample and just kind of a quirky, you know, um, coincidence with that, but something is happening there. Um, I, I was. What was going on with the last play of the game, by the way? Like, they, they didn't even really run a play, and it's like, are you going to clock it? Oh, no, we're going to run a play. And they're not really running routes, and then <laughs> uh, Darren Donald comes in there and just cleans it up, and that's <laughs> right. the end of the game. They fought that hard to get all the way back at the end, had one more snap at it, and didn't, and didn't really even get a playoff. So like
1: Penalty, um, penalty, and then that. Yeah. And like, oh, geez.
0: Yeah, the penalty the, the right before that, and Connor gets hurt at the end of the game. What a comeback Connor has had for his career this season, right? You know him well from his days in Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, I hope that injury isn't serious because always the, the big negative with Connor without question is durability, of course. Um, but I was even texting my buds, you know, that are pit fans and Steeler fans, of course, and everybody roots for Connor. And it's like, man, he's really had a tremendous season and he's catching the football well and making difficult catches, which I've seen him do here in practice and things. But getting used more in that role, he's finding the end zone a ton. He brings a little, a little more physicality to that team as well. And I was just doing homework for Titan Steelers and came across this little nugget on Kyler. I don't think people are respecting how well he's thrown the football this year. I mean, he leads the league in yards per pass attempt. He also leads the league in completion percentage. You know what I mean? Murray is really throwing the football extremely well. And he had two interceptions, which is a, uh, probably the difference in this game. But he, 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 both these quarterbacks were impressive passers last night.
0: Stafford is really good. Like this is when you're yeah. the, when you're a Rams fan and you think, oh, we got Matt Stafford. This is what you wanted to see. He was dropping dimes all over the field. By the way, Odell Beckham starting to look like a nice little pickup there, especially with uh, how it worked out with the injury to Robert Woods. Van Jefferson, a nice little number three. Cooper Cups just been a monster. All three of them catching touchdowns in this game from Matthew Stafford. Did you see the tweet in the middle of the game where Justin Jefferson, uh, an, a fellow LSU alums. Called uh, basically called the world clowns for saying uh, said it's not o- it wasn't OBJ's fault basically so I don't know if you said yeah. it, it was uh, Baker Mayfield's fault or whatever was going on he wasn't in the locker room obviously with uh, with Cleveland but he was going to bat for his LSU guy uh, mid game. Odell Beckham, nice game for Odell, six for seventy-seven and a touchdown. But we got to talk about what's going on with Cooper Cup, and uh, oh, he's man. on a two-thousand-yard pace. And every single week he shows up, and he is so good, and he just does not drop a pass, and he is always open. And uh, it seems like no matter who the quarterback is, he's got a great rapport. And uh, I mean, he is just money. He's money in the bank. Thirteen for one twenty-three and a touchdown. He's on a just under two-thousand-yard pace still this season, uh, and he's going crazy. And he's really been the most consistent consistent fantasy contributor, maybe in the entire league this season.
1: Yeah. Uh, consistency really stands out. I mean, but he's attacking at all levels um, unbelievably reliable, you know, in a way they kind of use him a little bit like use check and Kittle at times too. Like they'll, they'll wham block yep. people with them and put him in motion. And, you know, he plays near the line of scrimmage and near the ball. I mean, he's a physical, strong guy. I often say people, lump him in with the Welkers and Edelmans of the world probably because of his skin color to be very honest with you but he is much much bigger and more physical than those guys and maybe many people realize um Ryan and I actually did a dynasty deep dive this week on Cooper Cup what his value is what you should trade him for what you should be after so check that out I mean he's a, a really interesting guy and I don't think he's going away anytime soon
0: no, and it's not like he hasn't been uh really productive for the rest of his career, but right? he's he's gotten gotten to another right. level this year and uh just unbelievable what he's doing. Yeah, cuz he can do both. He can line up outside win there, he gets open uh, underneath, he can be in the slot. He's physical. He's got oh, some yeah. size to him as well. That catch, I didn't even think they got it in there. That catch from in, in the end zone <laughs> from touchdown? Stafford yeah. to Cup is like, where's the ball right now? It can't be in his hands and it was.
1: When I watched it live, I'm like, "Oh, nice play by the the corner there." Break that thing up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. how did Stafford get that in there? And how did cop catch it? I mean, unbelievable. Stafford made three or four of those throws. It was just like, oh man. And and just made me think whatever the Rams gave up for him was worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was worth it. And so guys don't grow in trees. <laughs> right. Uh and, and really huge game for the Rams. So there, there's no doubt. The Rams are in the playoffs. Cowboys are in the playoffs. Cardinals are in the playoffs. Tampa's in the playoffs. Green Bay's in the playoffs. Uh, three of those teams with 10 wins, two of them with nine wins, they're all within one game of each other, the top five seeds in the NFC. That's gonna go down to the wire. Then there's the Niners that's two games behind them, and then there's five more teams, and or seven more teams if you want to count the five win Panthers and Seahawks. I don't know what the hell to think about this team, and it's only going to take nine wins and who knows, maybe even eight wins to get into the playoffs in the NFC this year in that last wild card spot. So a lot to be decided here in the NFC. We'll dive deeper into the playoff. I
1: think your Niners are in, by the way, I think
0: it's pretty much like 90-something percent that they're going to be in. They would have to – basically two teams behind them would have to win out, and they would have to go – um, like, two and two or something. like So basically, they would have to be two games back of other teams and then lose also the tiebreaker to those teams. It's just, uh, most, those teams are two, but uh, terrible, <laughs> to be honest with you, right, all right. win out, you know? So mo- if one team wins out, that'd be amazing. If two of those teams behind them win out, that would be even uh, more shocking.
1: Right, and for you know this, but our listeners might not, San Fran has Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston, and the Rams. So they're, they're not going to lose yeah, two,
0: out. Like two, if, if they... If they don't win at least two of those games, they don't deserve to be in anyway.
1: Right. They're going to be Houston and
0: you know, probably go three and one. Right. So, okay, more on that stuff. Let's get to some other games here from the Week 14 schedule. Getting very interesting there in the NFC. Rams uh, getting back in, in on the right track, I think, at the right time, which is really important for them. So, next, we will hit Chiefs, Raiders. We've got Saints, Jets, Dallas at Washington, Falcons-Panthers, Seahawks-Texans, Lions-Broncos, Giants, Chargers to finish up the recap and our takeaways from Week 14. You might listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You might switch to our friends at Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost... You get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for only $30 a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. I don't think I'm even on the speed of 5G right now. Maybe it's time to switch to Boost Mobile and find out what that's all about. With all the money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You've never been to a Super Bowl. It is an amazing experience and you can get there in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Select your exact seats and choose from Elite experiences along the way featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star Los Angeles hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. So visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Matt, it's finally all been too much for those Las Vegas Raiders. And a little pregame dance on the Chiefs logo midfield, I don't know if the Chiefs saw that, probably didn't help. But those Kansas City Chiefs just wall up to the Raiders forty eight to nine. Raiders now six and seven can really kiss the playoffs goodbye this season. Uh Derek Carr, who was an M V P candidate for the first quarter, first third of the season or so, kinda is coming back down to earth and it's definitely not something where you can point your fingers at him. It's just, you know, it's just that's the way this season has gone for those Raiders, and now there's big decisions to be made. they got to start looking ahead to next year and how they're going to figure this thing out. With Mayock, new coaching staff, with Carr himself, who knows if they decide to go a different direction. I could see one of those two quarterbacks, Mariota or Carr changing teams, but what about yeah. these Kansas City Chiefs just really starting to turn it on and, and probably the last team I'd want to play, maybe in the NFL right now?
1: Yeah, they're, they're red hot right now. I mean, there's no question about that. But it's the defense that's carrying them, more more weight than the offense. And um, besides playing the Raiders, I'm not sure the Chiefs' offense is fixed yet. I mean, it's still a good offense. I just don't know that we're going to see what we've been used to with Mahomes and Reed together. I'm not giving the, the Chiefs a hard time, I mean, they're in a good spot. They are not the team anybody wants to play. They might be my pick to go. I mean, I think it's going to be the Chiefs or Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, the Raiders are cooked. I mean, they've hung on as long as they could. But I mean, turnover. you go to Kansas City and lose the turnover differential five to nothing, you're going to lose by 39 <laughs> points, including the first, offense, either first or second offensive play of the game was a defensive score for the Chiefs. I mean, as soon as you snap the ball in their building, you give them 7 points. Yeah, so you fumble it was away over
0: from there. They, they go score and now you're now you can't run. now the 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 game plan's out the window. You run 12 right. times the entire game, nine of those with Josh Jacobs and then uh, you know a couple of carries here and there for other running backs and then uh you're just throwing and you're trying to throw from behind, you're one dimensional and you know the opportunistic Chiefs defense took care of business. I mean, that that was, that game was not even close basically from that first play that was fumbled away.
1: Yeah. I will have to spend much time here, but I mean, led by Chris Jones, that pass rush is pretty nasty now too.
0: I do have one stat here on the Raiders and how they play the chiefs and uh, maybe something that the next coach is going to have to think about before uh, they they line up twice the season against the chiefs next year. This uh, little nugget from Mike clay, the chiefs, have faced two high safeties less than 40% of the time in only two games this season. Week ten versus the Raiders, week fourteen versus the Raiders, and those were (laughs) uh, so the Raiders playing uh, two high safeties only about twenty five percent of the time combined in those two games against the Chiefs, and um, yeah, I think you want to play. I think you want to keep a couple safeties deep on the the Chiefs who don't really run the ball very well and have the best quarterback in the league and can chuck the ball at all levels and do all kinds of crazy stuff. So uh, I I just think, yeah, bad matchup there. Styles make fights, and then. they're they're down defensive backs too. The Raiders are, so you're going to go single high and, and let Mahomes pick you apart. And that wasn't really even what happened in the game, but no. uh, it's pretty interesting. The Chiefs have scored 41 points in Week 10, 48 points in Week 14, compared to 23.8 points per game in all the other 11 games.
1: Yeah, the Raiders are like a bit of a dinosaur in terms of being one of the last true Seattle cover three single high type teams and people just have too many answers for that let alone the Chiefs right
0: absolutely I forgot this other little nugget I had just real quick about Cooper Cup and I want to get it out there because it's uh it really hits home to me because of the player that he's being compared to here one uh Cup's average pace right now is 148 catches 1,947 receiving yards 16 touchdowns he's averaging 25.8 Fantasy points per game. This is from Field Yates. The only receiver ever to average more than 25.8 fantasy points for a full season is Jerry Rice with 25.88 in 1995. Wow. That is, it's an all-time season right now for Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, wow. I mean, it's just. I guess I'm not shocked, but I mean, you put it in that light, it's like, wow, it's even more impressive. Yeah,
0: it's unbelievable. I want to go to Denver. Um, a really sad story that we covered last week, losing Demarius Thomas, the Broncos family, Uh, that was a rough one. They started out the game taking um, a delay of game, only 10 players on the field with one player missing, and they just put 88 on the video scoreboard, and that was it, and, you know, pretty cool gesture, Detroit declines the penalty, and then they moved on with the game, but uh, that was a pretty moving start to that game for the Denver Broncos, and uh, staying here in that division. With those Broncos who uh, wallop the Lions. A couple blowouts here. 38-10 uh, to 10 was the final with the Broncos doing their business against the Lions. Lions fall to 1-11-1. Broncos at 7-6. Still in this thing in the AFC. But I don't think you can take a lot away from this win um, for the Broncos beating the worst team in the league record-wise. Um, but they've got some work to do the rest of the way. They've, they've got a chance. Mathematically, they're still in it here in the AFC.
1: Yeah, they're hard to play against. I mean, they absolutely are. They know exactly what they are. I tend to think Fangio's job is safe now and I'm not, you know, didn't think that would probably be the case 2 months ago or so. I'm always rough on Teddy, but he's done his job and he's played well enough, you know. I mean, I always use this example if if you were the Steelers' next quarterback, would I be happy about it? No. But he is an efficient quality player. But the key is that they have a good offensive line, they've got a plethora of weapons, and they're a really yeah. physical downhill running team. And I think Williams, I mentioned Locked on Dynasty, we did another deep dive on Javante Williams. Those are our two deep dives this week. And, boy, his Dynasty stock is through the roof, BP. I mean, he's like the third running back overall right now. I mean, that people are looking at him in that light. But Gordon's really good, too. Yeah. You know I mean? I mean, it's a really good one-two punch.
0: That's crazy, yeah. They they almost gained as much yards uh, per play running the ball as they did throwing the ball with Teddy B. And Bridgewater was efficient, no turnovers, mm-hmm. 18 of 25, 179, two touchdowns. But then you have combined Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams for 39 carries, 184 yards, and three touchdowns. And, and they just killed them on the ground. That was like, we're better than you. We're going to run it down your throat, and we'll we'll look to our next opponent.
1: Yeah, let's move on here, but I just want everyone to realize – you talk about getting hit by COVID and, and yeah, uh, and <laughs> medical problems and illnesses. Nobody got worse than the Lions this week. I mean, just ravaged. I mean, they they had a hard time fielding a team, to be honest with you. There was talk that Noah, maybe
0: even there could be some forfeiture and they wouldn't even be able to play that game because they were going yeah, l- to possibly lose so many players. And we're getting to that portion of the season, and there's more mask mandates happening now. Uh, California's got indoor mask mandates from basically today through the middle of January now in this uh, winter season and the holiday season. And uh, these these covid cases are are coming from the community and into the locker room. They're not really cultivating in the locker room very much. And so uh, we're seeing a spike. Adam Schefter had a report that there was 36 or something on Monday of new cases of covid, which, you know, was like as many as the entire month before uh, in a day. So uh, around the league, so um, yeah, there, there's a spike in COVID right now, and that's a story that that could really come up and and affect some things here the last month of the season.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, like we saw Tyler Higby get pulled out right before the game. I right. mean, I hope that doesn't derail someone's playoff chances or get coaches fired or you lose a playoff game because of it. I mean, I, I just look at the football stuff. Um, last note, I'm on St. Brown. I'm on St. Brown as a as a keeper. You know, uh, I think he's a, a quality guy that should be in the long term plans for these guys.
0: Yeah, nice player. Um, yeah. He's not going to be a number one wide receiver or anything like that. Nope. But you know, starting caliber guy early in his career. I, ultimately, you would probably rather have him be more like a number three. But I think he could uh, be a fine starting wide receiver for them. And you know, you're building something slowly there. And it's like, okay, good. We got one position kind of figured out. Got the offensive line kind of figured out, and you keep building that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, quarterback aside, if they had a number one receiver to this mix. That's not so bad. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, everyone kind of fall into their proper slot. Hawkinson would get less attention. Swift healthy. You'd be okay with weapons, but they don't have anything resembling a number one receiver at the moment.
0: Right, yeah. Saints, Jets. Saints handling business just like the Broncos did and keeping their playoff hopes alive. They're in a five way tie for the seven seed in the NFC. They improved to six and seven with a 30 to nine win over the three and 10 Jets. This is probably one we don't have to uh, spend a ton of time yeah. on. Taysom Hill with a 44 yard touchdown run in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of mad at myself thinking this would be a somewhat close game. The Jets are in a really bad spot, don't have any kind of firepower at all. Saints had the ball for almost 39 minutes in this yeah. game. They're, Holy cow. Really, it wasn't because of turnovers.
0: There's one takeaway in this game, and that is Alvin Kamara's back, and that gives yeah, the Saints right. a chance. 27 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. And you watch him run, you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of missed seeing that. He's just so good, so smooth. sure. Another four catches for 25. Uh, that is a big missing piece to that offense. A couple of big plays through the air and through the ground with Taysom Hill. Maybe win a few games. Maybe they can sneak back in to that seven seed and get a playoff run going.
1: Yeah, the Jets are totally cooked, though, and have nothing at the
0: moment. Yeah, that's a a long-term rebuild, and they're only in year one there with the new staff. Mm Mm-hmm. Dallas at Washington here. I, I had a feeling Washington was going to turn into a pumpkin a little bit. They made it interesting late, though, after not scoring at all in the first half. But Dallas hung on 27-20 to win this one. 9-4 and four Cowboys now running away with the division. Washington, one of those teams with the Saints. And a couple of the teams we're going to talk about next with the Falcons and Panthers tied at six and seven, still trying to fight for that last wild card spot. I'm not a huge believer in Washington. They've been a nice story. They've been, um, you know, uh, a, a team that's been able to fight their way in. Now you got uh, Allen coming in for Heineke in this game. I, I just don't really see it for them.
1: No, I, mean, I I thought they were an interesting story, an interesting team. They still might be. I mean, they could slip it into that seventh spot possibly who knows but um big takeaways here dallas is better than washington is the big takeaway i don't think Dak prescott's right you know if you watch him throw he kind of favors that calf and i don't think elliot's right and they didn't have pollard in this game yeah so uh, that's just a bit of a concern they have a little bit of O line issues as well Dallas's defense though is legit and that was the story of the game like you look at Heineken, and like boy he was terrible in this game yeah he was but his teammates didn't block anybody in this game either I mean in the <laughs> right. run game or pass I mean the the trio the healthy trio now of Parsons Lawrence and Gregory and people are probably like Gregory why are you even including him in that group? That dude's oh. immensely talented oh, yeah. with just some off-the-field stuff. You know, I mean, just as what his gifts are, he can rival just about anybody in the league. And the three of them are wrecking machines.
0: Micah Parsons has 12 sacks, and it's, it's not like he plays a full-time edge role. That This guy's unreal. I, I'm blown away by him on a weekly basis, how good he is. I would almost, because it's more, to be an ed, more valuable to be an edge rusher than an inside linebacker, I almost think that that's where you got to put put him full time or at least on third downs because you have no choice because why put him in reverse and put him in coverage when you can have him going after the quarterback uh, and maybe just put him full time as an edge player and run that 3-4 defense because, man, uh, he's dynamic coming off the edge. Wow.
1: I have a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, I mean, you could bump Lawrence inside and have Gregory and Parsons off the edge, wow. you know, And they do that at times. But th- their defensive tackles aren't terrible either. Parsons is a force, though, in coverage and off the ball, blitzing from up the middle. But you're right. What he does best and what he's rare at is, is just an edge rusher. And I'm sure people listening are familiar with who Greg Cosell is. And I think he's probably the analyst I respect the most in this, in this business. I mean, the true tape-studied guy. I've heard him say a dozen times in the last month, and he is the least hot takeiest person in the world. But Greg has said over and over he thinks Micah Parsons is the best edge rusher in
0: football. Number one. <laughs> I mean, it's and it's it, hard
1: to argue what he's like doing, Von
0: Miller, what he's doing on a per snap basis, right? And he doesn't have to do the the heavy lifting that other edge players do on non passing downs you know what I mean so like yeah, I will say so that yes three. but he he's allowed to he's allowed to do the fun part of being a, an edge rusher you know a, True. And, and not the and less of the other part so would that wear him down if he was actually just a full-time defensive end basically you know um but man yeah uh, you you mentioned it Lawrence Gregory two sacks for Parsons, Gallimore, all had sacks in this game. You put all those guys on the field at the same time, it's probably the best pass rushing unit that's going to be in the playoffs this year.
1: I would think. I mean, it's just speed and athleticism and – you know, Diggs to me is an overrated corner because he gives up a lot of big plays, but he is kind of that Marcus Peters profile, but they take the football away. I mean, it's the defense carrying the offense at the moment, I'm kind of like Kansas City. I didn't see that coming for either one of you
0: teams. Uh, it blows me away right now. That, and good point earlier, a little worried about Dak Prescott, that late interception. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? Uh, the running backs are banged up. And it was supposed to be the opposite. This is the team that didn't have a defense and the offense was going to carry them. And all of a sudden, week 15, and it's completely flipped for the Dallas Cowboys with with what they are. It's amazing. And probably... What if
1: the offense gets right?
0: Yeah, probably for the better because I I have a feeling the offense is going to be fine. And if the defense is carrying that team, that's a pretty good sign, actually.
1: Yeah, I, I know nothing about medicine or injuries, but Dak had such a bad injury last year. All these... I wonder if all the things since then... Or just him coming back, overcompensating, things like that. You know, like is he gonna be not a hundred percent and still somewhat in recovery mode until next year? Yeah,
0: and at some point he barely ever runs. Do they rest him before the playoffs or something like that and say, you know, mm-hmm. screw seeding, we've got the division, let's get him right good for point. the playoffs.
1: They're in a good spot though.
0: All right, next, let's finish up week fourteen. We've got Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks, Texans, Giants, Chargers next. You want high-quality socks? You want unique aesthetics? Stance Socks. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. I got Stance socks. Didn't know anything about them. Got them as a gift for Christmas a couple years ago. Fantastic. High quality socks. My go-to ankle socks when I'm out trying to play hoops or go run or do anything athletic. Also got some San Francisco Giants socks uh, that are really nice. Love wearing those and uh, tons of unique options. If you are a fan of Wu-Tang Clan, there's socks for it. Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, NBA, Star Wars, Marvel Universe, uh, you name it. Tons of options of Stance socks or just some great-looking, high-quality dress socks, even. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good, so go see for yourself. Register for an account at Stance.com to get 15% off your first purchase and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. This is maybe the 49ers... Analyst in me, but. <laughs> The Seahawks are like that team that this would, this is something they would do, right? All of a sudden come up and, and win, uh, earn the seventh seed in the playoffs and then go win a playoff game and knock off a one seed or something like that with Russell Wilson, uh, you know, playing amazing and hitting DK and Tyler Lockett. And uh, I, I don't know if it's going to happen that way, but there's something that like worries me. And Eric Crocker, my co host, Locked on Lockdown 49ers. We're going through this and there's five teams they have to leapfrog. I don't think it's possible for them to get in the playoffs. Um, I mean, it's definitely possible, but I don't think it's likely. But Crocs like that, I'm worried more about Seahawks than those other five teams if I'm the 49ers. <laughs> and, you know, I don't disagree with them. And look, this is the Texans. And the Texans actually came out and looked pretty good early. And then, you know, uh, the Seahawks just you know leaned on them and beat them 33-13. And it wasn't close in the end. But the Seahawks aren't done yet just because of how bad some of the other teams in the NFC are.
1: They certainly do have a little bit of that Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees vibe Mm -hmm. where you just can't kill them. You know, I mean, like they're never going to die. They're always going to come back and haunt you, Uh, especially, you know, from a Niner perspective, I'm sure. And and they average 7.9 yards per play in this game, which is immense. I still think they are a fraud and not a good team. You know, I know these last two weeks have looked good. Penny and Lockett blow up fine. I can't wait to bet against them against the Rams and going forward. If people think that they're figured things out, I don't think they have. I still think they're a broken team that took a, advantage of a really bad Texans team, and you know some things went their way the week before.
0: Nice little tease there for uh, our previews when it comes next week with Week uh, 15 coming up and those Seahawks and the Rams both coming off of big wins in the NFC. West. Um, Lockett, five for 142 and a touchdown. Rashad Penny out of nowhere. He was a huge waiver wire pickup, I'm sure, for a lot of folks trying to get in their fantasy playoffs. 16 carries, 137, and two tutties. It was a huge game for him. And uh, on the other side, Brandon Cook's finally getting back to triple digits. I'm sure he wants the heck out of Houston. And Davis Mills, I mean, he had to throw a lot, put up a bunch of yardage, and it sounds like this is Mills the rest of the way for Houston. Find out what you have in Mills. Maybe he even plays well enough to be the guy in week one next year. Um, there's going to be a lot of shuffling going on, but it's Mills. It's the Mills. The Davis Mills show. Let's see what you got.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure the combination of Burkhead and Freeman or the running backs you want, but um, I did just want to th- throw a nugget out, kind of like we did with the Lions. I was going to mention Mills. I wanted to mention Nico Collins as well as Aikens, a tight end, kind of that move tight end. Three rookies that are getting a lot of opportunity to play mm-hmm. that are keepers in some regard. I'm not saying Mills is your franchise quarterback, but he's proving to himself to be worth something.
0: Right. They're, they're a part of whatever it is that they're building over there, yeah. and uh, that's that's what you have to do at this point if you're the Texans is learn about your players.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: What are we learning about the players for the Carolina Panthers, Matt, at 5-8 now? Know. They fired their offensive coordinator. They're going back and forth between um, their two quarterbacks. Cam Newton, I thought he was benched, and that was going to be the end of the Cam Newton part two. But then he comes back in the game. I don't know what's going on there. I have they... a nugget
1: about that, actually. Okay. And I haven't studied it to know if it's true, but I heard a couple people saying all that really was is Cam just doesn't know the two-minute offense yet. But it's oh. a little... Shadier than that, in my opinion.
0: Okay, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, mean, I can I buy that. I guess I can buy that. Yeah, it
1: showed up two weeks ago or something. Right,
0: twenty nine twenty one. The Falcons at six and seven, still in the mix. I, I buried the Falcons a long time ago. They're not a good football team, but apparently neither are the the Panthers now, who are five and eight, and uh, they can pretty much kiss their postseason birth. goodbye.
1: Yeah, I mean, you won the turnover battle, huge. You won the time possession battle, huge, and. I don't think the Falcons are a good team, but they are one under 500. Um, Their wins are probably the least impressive wins you'll find. I mean, they they beat the bad teams and uh, usually not soundly, but I guess we've been a little too hard on the Falcons. I mean, they're probably closer to – low average than terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's not the most ringing endorsement in the world. But uh, you I know, I don't, I don't even, know what's going on in Carolina though.
0: I don't even know if the Panthers are. I mean, I don't know if the Falcons are even better than terrible. They've got. I know they it's literally crazy. have one decent win on the season. They beat the Saints by two points. That was.
1: I wonder who the quarterback was for the Saints.
0: That looked like a better win at the time than it does now. Obviously, uh, was that that might have been Winston's last? Oh no, that was Trevor Simeon. Okay, so that was the Trevor Simeon led uh, New Orleans Saints, and they they won that game by two. There are other wins, we've gone over this before, but it always it, it bears repeating. When you see the Falcons win, you right. see them six and seven. It's like okay, they're in this thing, tied for the seventh seed. They've beaten the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins when they were when the Dolphins were playing awful. Um, the Saints, the Jaguars, and now the Panthers.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's the worst slate of wins in the league. Yes. But they have a few of them. I mean, they have six of them. I mean, they have the Lions coming up, and they have New Orleans again.
0: They have the 49ers this week, too. Ones. Yeah. So. And
1: they go to Buffalo in week 17. Right. As well. So there's, there's m- two more winnable ones two right?
0: and and eight, eight, nine. With five teams, someone's got to win more than two games out of those five teams, right? And that's if yeah. the Falcons – I, I, I don't think the Falcons can even win two, to be honest with you. Right. The Lions. I mean, they can beat the Lions. So can they win one of those other games? Saints? In, it, might, it might come down to the Saints and Falcons in Week 18.
1: Wow. I don't know. I'm going to take Minnesota, Washington, or Philly to, right. to, to get in over those teams. Yep. Real quick on the Panthers. They go to Buffalo, host Tampa, go to New Orleans, go to Tampa. Like, they may not win another game, and I bet the seat gets hot there. It's been a weird year in Carolina. I I mean, is Rule's job something to worry about? I think think he's really
0: safe. I think that um, that was him saying, okay, we screwed up this thing on offense, Mm -hmm. and now now it's my show. And we're gonna go fix quarterback and go win games next year. I think that's what he's saying. And I think you know someone someone had to kind of fall, and we, we've seen the fall guy. We've seen who that was. Um, and now it's Matt Rule definitely gets another year. I think, even though it was even as disappointing as it was, and I think that's ownership there is not going to stand by and watch bad seasons and losses, which is maybe why they had to make such a drastic move like firing their offensive coordinator, which clearly didn't help. Um, and actually, that's <laughs> that was one of the things I wanted to follow this week was how many carries they had and because that was the big thing right they weren't running the ball enough cam newton led the team in carries with ted uh they handed it off what 10 16 times to the or no to 14 times because pj walker had two carries so they they handed it off 14 times to the running backs this week after the big thing about not running the ball enough with um, their former offensive coordinator so anyway yeah
1: i mean i think rule's gonna be back don't get me wrong but There's a bad taste in your mouth around this team now. And I think there's a really good chance they finish the season on a seven game losing streak. I mean, yuck. This team was three and oh, at one point.
0: If they're below 500, then it's hot seat time next year for sure. Uh, Halfway through the season, you know. But right, I think I I don't think there's any discussions about Matt Roll this offseason.
1: Find a quarterback, get McCaffrey back in there and see where it is, you know, see where you're at at that point.
0: Last game we haven't covered here on the schedule from week 14 was the Chargers beating the New York Giants 37-21. Giants fall to 4-9, and nine, and the Chargers improved to 8-5. and five. Looking good now in their seating in the AFC playoffs. If this is the team they're going to continue to be and the biggest key to me, and to be honest, the one thing I only want to talk about here was that 65-yard <laughs> bomb from Justin Herbert the dime to Jalen Guyton 59 yards officially but that ball spent a lot of time in the air and it was on target and just one of the best throws I've seen this year and Justin Herbert's so fun to watch keep that a dot up for him because that's the key to your season right there is that guy with his arm 275 yards total passing and three touchdowns in this one
1: yeah I 100% agree and I can't wait for Chargers Chiefs I'm not going to blow the Giants off here too much but the Mike Glennon-led Giants, uh, this was an yeah. example I was expecting. And the Giants got 14 p- points in garbage time. I um, mean, this game was never in doubt. I mean, they didn't have Keenan Allen. It really didn't matter. Herbert was tremendous. And the, some, a couple of the throws, as you mentioned, were you know phenomenal. They'll go on his Hall of Fame reel if he ever, when he gets in or goes in or whatever. I mean, he's just a great young player. Can't wait to watch his career develop. Giants have issues. Their seats should be hot. I mean, nothing's going well for them. They're an easy team to play against right now.
0: I feel like the only player I've highlighted all season long – that's been a pleasant surprise for the New York Giants is uh, rookie second round pick Aziz Ojolari, who got another sack in this one, seven and a half sacks now on the season. He was a absolute steal in the second round as sort of that stand up edge rusher type, but not a lot of good going on with these uh, giants, more disappointments than not with a new GM coming into town, uh new quarterback. Do you, do you trade Saquon Barkley? I think that would be a situation we need to talk about in the off season as crazy as it sounds. I mean, uh, you know, a running back getting toward the end of his rookie contract is not what you want in a rebuild. And I was, I said that about the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. You want to jumpstart this rebuild. Don't spend a whole bunch of money on a running back, trade him for picks and use those picks on non-running backs. That's the way I would build something. And that's what I would advise the next GM of the New York Giants.
1: Just wonder what you get for him. You know, I mean, he's not going
0: to get you what Christian McCaffrey would have a couple of years ago.
1: Right. I mean, the the returns, I mean, not going to be tremendous because he's not on the field enough. I mean, I mean, we probably could come up with five teams that would say, sure, I'll take Saquon Barkley. Or what if he was on Kansas City? You know, like, okay, wow, you know. But I hear what you're saying. Part of me is like, though, if you're going to draft a quarterback, wouldn't Barkley be a useful piece for him to fit in? Or what if you threw Russell Wilson in that mix, like you've brought up, and all of a sudden yeah. you've got skill guys galore? And that's the quick I fix, yeah. That's yeah. if they
0: can do that, then that's the quick fix. And if you can get Russell Wilson, uh, you know, and, and probably a, a number of teams that are quarterback needy in the NFL, it's like okay, let's check in on Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and and then sure. that'll dictate the rest of our plan.
1: Right, right. But if, they, but if they could land him, I mean, they're gonna have two picks in the top ten. They have more to offer than some teams. Um, I don't know if this administration will be the one that's making that decision,
0: though. All right, that'll do it. Close the book
1: on week 14. We'll look oh, ahead. The Chargers are going to the playoffs, by the way.
0: Oh, char- I mean, I've been so in on the Chargers, and yeah. uh, they tested me, Matt. They tested me midseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm still a little bit worried about some things on the defensive side of the ball. But, man, what I'm seeing right now from the offense, and even with COVID and missing Keenan Allen and um, – yeah, uh, seeing uh, seeing Justin eight and Herbert out there, they're eight and five. They're in a great spot, and they're 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 a team that teams probably don't want to really play against that much.
1: Probably true, but I mean the AFC is so convoluted. I think they're starting to stick out as them and the Chiefs are going to go probably Kansas City winning the division and the Chargers being the top wild card.
0: We'll go through that tomorrow, Matt run through the playoff picture right now as we head toward week 15 how that looks for both the afc and the nfc who are for real who are the pretenders there uh, your questions as well at bd peacock at williamson nfl on twitter thanks for making us your first listen for your second listen check out matt williamson on the locked on dynasty football podcast you can find me every day at locked on 49ers or how about locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling it's free and available on all platforms just like every show right here on the locked on podcast network be back tomorrow peacock and williamson